Welcome to the Bible Professor Podcast Show. Here is your host, the Reverend Dr. Mal Winstead. So welcome to the Bible Professor Podcast. I'm Mel Winstead, and today I'm privileged to have Bob Bryans with us. And uh, greetings, Bob. Thanks for coming on the show. Good to see you. Thanks for having me, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, tell us a little bit about your uh, family career, your domicile, your current location, and sort of let the folks, uh, the audience out here know who you are and what you do. Sure. Yeah, long-time uh, Southern Evangelical uh, Seminary student. Um, currently live in Alexandria, Virginia. Uh, my wife and I live in Alexandria. I just retired from the Navy after uh, 35 years. And um, thank you for your fact, service. I'm sitting in my office right now, uh, my my work office. Uh, and um, yeah, so getting a new career started uh, post Navy, uh, but living in Alexandria and have been here for a couple of years. Uh, Kids live around the country. Uh, one daughter who lives in San Francisco after she uh, graduated from Colorado State University. Another son who's uh, not too far from my wife and me. He lives in Yorktown, Virginia, with uh, with his family. He's a he's a sailor uh, in the Navy, and uh, and my a daughter, another daughter who uh, with her husband who is a sailor as well. Uh, they live. Uh, they live out in California, out in, out in the San Diego area. So uh, that's kind of that. That's the family. And uh, originally from the East Coast, from uh, upstate New York. So uh, after spending lots of time on the West Coast, uh, glad to get back here to the East Coast, where we uh, where we feel like we belong. Um, but uh, yeah, my 35 year Navy career, as I said, uh, just recently came to an end. Uh, and uh, I was a surface warfare officer. So I. Uh, spent my career on ships, uh, commanding a, a destroyer as well as a cruiser, uh, and uh, circumnavigated the globe a couple times. Uh, most recently in 2019, uh, as captain of the cruiser, uh, where I was also the. Uh, and I know some of this language uh, might not make sense to folks, but uh, there's there's a guy uh, in what we call uh, we used to call them battle groups. I think you know many people. Uh, we'll be familiar with uh, with that terminology, but an aircraft carrier out at sea is surrounded by a number of ships, uh, and there's uh, one ship in particular that is uh, that is uh, responsible for uh, operating all the aircraft on the aircraft carrier, as well as defending the aircraft carrier and the ships uh, from enemy air and missile attacks. That was me as the captain of uh, of the cruiser. Uh, that was my job. Uh, for the aircraft carrier strike group, which we used to call a battle group. Uh, so that was, uh, little, I spent my last couple pressure. of years at the Pentagon after getting off the ship. Yeah, A, a little yeah, pressure on no that job, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, lots of, uh, lots of uh, activity in, uh, in the Arabian Gulf, uh, the South China Sea, and uh, other okay. locations. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you. Off uh, the coast of Syria and Afghanistan. So were you in the 91 Gulf War? Yeah, I was, and that was uh, I was a I was a young enlisted guy. I had been in the Navy at that point for uh, three years, three and a half, almost four years by that time, uh, and I was with the Seabees uh, during that war. So I was with a, a, a Navy CB battalion uh, and an Army unit uh, in in Saudi Arabia, uh, and then after that, uh, I became a naval officer, uh, and uh, then that began my. Uh, really my time on ships uh, from that point on. 
All right, cool. Uh, uh, but my last tour uh, after come. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, then my last tour after coming off the ship, uh, I spent my last few years at the Pentagon, and uh, and this is where you know my my ministry. I, um, I became a believer. Uh, after my time in Saudi Arabia, as a young sailor, came back to the United States. My my sister was a believer. She shared the gospel with me. I'd heard it before. Uh, I heard it as a Roman Catholic kid growing up, going to Catholic school. Uh, I always uh, I always felt uh, a tugging uh, from the Lord uh, for sure. Uh, even as a young Catholic kid uh, in you know, in a Catholic school. Uh, but uh, like most people I knew, just uh, sort of went on my way uh, without giving too much thought uh, to to any sort of faith or what it meant, uh, given I think at that point as a young as a kid and then as a, as a young man uh, really um, focused on, well, these are the sacraments. This is what it means to to be a Roman Catholic. Uh, but when I was a young sailor, um, after having joined the Navy, uh, I met my first Protestant American, I think. <laughs> okay. As a young sailor, uh, you know, a young man who was a believer, shared the gospel with me. I, I rejected it at that point. We were friends. I rejected the gospel. Uh, but then as a couple of years went on and I came back from Saudi Arabia, uh, my sister shared the gospel with me. She had uh, become a believer. Uh, I received Christ as my Savior on November 26, 1991, uh, as I remember. Uh, and, um, you know, from that point on, I, I really just felt that uh, I, I'd been saved for a reason. Of course, I think we're all saved for a reason. It's not yes. you're saved and, and somehow you live that same life you lived before. Uh, and uh, my background up to that point had been, um, I mean, it, it had been Navy my adult life. At that point, I, I was 22 when I became a believer. And so from age 18 to 22, I was a, a non-believing sailor, and I but I'd spent all that time overseas in the Gulf, uh, in the in the Persian Gulf, in the uh, in the region of Saudi Arabia, Iraq, Iran, uh, and so I immediately uh, sensed through prayer and through reading of the Word after a couple of years uh, that uh, you know that what the Lord had called me to was a uh, was a ministry to Muslims, and so for the first. Uh, first, I think the first 10 years probably of my Christian life, of my walk with Christ, uh, I was actively involved in with missions to Muslims. I received my bachelor's degree from Old Dominion University uh, in Norfolk, Virginia. I was a sailor, you know, stationed in Norfolk. And so uh, I received my bachelor's degree in history, but in Christian Islamic relations uh, during the Middle Ages. Uh, took some couple years of Arabic. Uh, and then uh, went out to sea. Then I went to graduate school uh, out in Monterey, California, uh, where the Navy has their Naval Postgraduate School, uh, which is a, a great learning environment. Um, my my thesis advisor, for instance, uh, at the Naval Postgraduate School, was the incoming ambassador to Ir the incoming ambassador from Iran to the United States when the Shah was overthrown. Okay. Uh, and so he couldn't go back to Iran. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and he was a secular Muslim of all things. Uh, and he was the funniest guy I've ever met. Uh, and uh, had no, he didn't care a lick about the Muslim, uh, about, is, about Islam, about the Muslim faith. Wow. Uh, and um, 
but I learned a lot from him. He was a cultural Muslim, you might say, like many Americans are mm. maybe cultural Christians, I suppose. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and I actually taught a class on Islam in graduate school because uh, the truth is my professors, although they knew Islam, they didn't understand the theology of Islam. They understood political Islam. They understood okay. Islam as, you know, as a form of, of government, uh, Islamic culture. They didn't really focus at all on, on the theology. And of course, by that time, I'd had a pretty decent underpinning of, uh, of the roots of, of Islamic theology. So I, I graduated uh, from the Naval Postgraduate School. It, it sounds odd, but the Naval Postgraduate School is a, a school of civilian professors. From I had professors from Oxford and Yale and all the all the typical schools that you'd want to go to, but maybe couldn't get into, frankly, on your own, that would be me. Uh, but uh, so the Naval Postgraduate School brings uh, those uh, really good professors in, but they're not, they're not believing professors. They're, mm -hmm. they're teaching you things that, uh, you know, <clears throat> as you know, I mean, they're teaching you and as many who might listen to this podcast know, I yeah. mean, you're in a secular school and that's the kind of education you're going to get no matter what they're teaching you. Uh, yeah. And so, uh, you know, I think as a believer, I was able to bring something different to our class discussions. And I ended up graduating with a, a degree in national security um, with a focus in Islamic theology and statecraft. Uh, so then okay. I, I went back out to sea. And my intention at that point was to continue a ministry to Muslims uh, and work on a doctorate degree once I got off my next ship. And uh, that didn't happen. I ended up going to Germany for a few years. Uh, I ended up um, working in D.C. again uh, with uh, the Israeli Defense Force and the Israeli Missile Defense Organization, where I spent an awful lot of time. Uh, matter of fact, the Israeli Iron Dome system that people hear so much about, mm -hmm. uh, I led an engineer, uh, an American engineering team that teamed up with Israeli engineers, and we built that system. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask you, is that really yeah. as high tech and as effective as it seems to be from what people like me might hear it really is I mean, and of course we uh you know the truth is we try to you know we worked uh we we work cooperatively with the israelis and uh you know we have our own system uh we work to help them build their system uh so their system is a combination of american nato really american and israeli um hardware and software um but great system very effective uh, and um, so that uh, my ministry changed a little bit. I mean, so in all these places, you know, I was never a chaplain, although I on deployments, I I was allowed by my commanding officers to, you know, to to either lead Bible study or preach Sunday, uh, Sunday okay. services on board the ship. Because when you're out to sea, some ships, depending on your size, have chaplains and <laughs> and some don't. Uh, and, and the ships that do not have a chaplain end up with a, a guy like me, someone who's a committed believer and volunteers to, uh, you know, lead in prayer, maybe uh, teach, preach, or lead Bible study. Um, so, so I spent a lot of time overseas and, uh, and you know, with my family, uh, both uh, on ships and, uh, and ashore. Uh, and, you know, eventually, but matter of fact, I started at SES in 2003 when I finished graduate school. But I got okay. so, I was so busy on my ship that I, I had to stop my courses uh, and um, and just delay it. And I okay. thought I would hey. pursue uh, an apologetics degree at SES. Yeah. OK, hang on. Before we get to that phase of your uh, life and ministry and God's calling on you, let me back up. So two things. 
what um, you were able to lead Bible study and effectively act as an informal chaplain, it sounds like. But what about your own? How were you getting Bible training and teaching? Was it, you know, from radio, Internet, attending church on the ship or how, where did you get your Bible teaching from? So, you know, I was uh, I mean, I was fortunate enough to uh, attend a fantastic church. Uh, my first 10 years as a believer and going out on deployments on, on ships that didn't have chaplains, or in many cases, many of them did, but the ones that didn't have chaplains, maybe about a four-year period where I acted as what, you know, you might be familiar and others will, a lay leader. Um, but as an officer lay leader, being the senior guy, I became the, you know, the guy that uh, folks turned to. And my own training was um, Bible college classes through the church that I attended. And I attended a great uh, independent fundamentalist pre-trib, pre-millennial dispensational church uh, okay. in Virginia. Uh, and uh, and I soaked up God's word. And yeah. um, I didn't attend Dallas Theological Seminary, but I sure did read everything. Hendricks, Ryrie, Wolverine, everything I could okay. get my hands on. And uh and, and and as a matter of fact, it was uh, you know Dr. Geisler who really helped me write my master's thesis, and my master's thesis, which can be you know found on Amazon and on Google, is um, uh, Christian. The and I will say it's not a master's thesis that I'm proud of. I mean, it, it's okay, but it's nothing. It's nothing to write home about. Uh, but it's about you know about ninety pages of um, you know of the title is Christian Islamic uh, Christian theological attitudes vis-a-vis -vis Islam and the impact on East-West relations uh, is the okay. title of my thesis. Um, but my, my training was through Bible college classes um, uh, at my home church, as okay. well as a great discipleship program through a uh, Christian serviceman ministry uh, that I was involved in for many years. Okay. Uh, and uh, and I thought, quite frankly, I thought that uh, the combination of Bible college classes uh, at at my church and, you know, they weren't they weren't produced by my church. They were through a, a Bible college that our church had partnered with. Mm -hmm. um, but um, I really thought that I was not going to make the Navy a career. I thought I was going to get out and go to seminary. Uh, this would be the mid 1990s. I thought I would get out and go to seminary. Um, but uh, after lots of prayer and counsel, uh, I applied for a, a commission in the Navy and I was accepted to be an officer. And, and that's when I finished up my degree at Old Dominion. Uh, and then instead of going to seminary, I went to the Naval Postgraduate School for my graduate work. And then as soon as that was had concluded, I went ahead and enrolled in SES um, being familiar with Dr. Geisler's work because of uh, the help he provided, now, he didn't know he provided it, but the you know his works, um, his works on uh, Islam and just his systematic theology and other books that I'd read uh, from Dr. Geisler. Um, but yeah, but that's how I that's how I got my training um, was lots of sort of ad hoc classes and okay, uh, no formal degree <laughs> at that point. But yeah, some pretty hard. Studying though, yeah, that that uh, I do uh, relate to that. Um, 
so my Bible college training was very similar. You know, uh, the professors used a lot, were trained under the old Dallas seminary guys. So I have a lot of that training as well, pre-trib, pre-mill, all of that on down the list. Uh, yeah. Um, so what about, though, uh, before we get to your SES training, Southern Evangelical Seminary training, you said you were reaching out to Muslims for years and years and years. Were there a few good books that you recommend that you read that really equipped you from an evangelical Christian perspective to address Muslims? Were, were there a few good books that you read that you would recommend or, or did it did it just not kind of happen out that way? No, I mean, I have a whole library and, uh, you know, I suppose, you know, th there are a few and, and I have to admit they, they won't come to the top of my head at this point. Yeah, but that's fine. Um, Dr. Geisler's book with um, with um, uh, with uh, Abdul Salib uh, was a prime reference for me. And uh, the name of that book escapes me right now. But um, OK, um, but I but I attend yeah, there. Yeah. So there were a lot of books and I can I certainly am available to, you know, provide if anyone is interested in yeah, that's fine. seeing what's in my library. And if you'll at really some point just uh, email um, me, you know, your top four or five that helped sure. you with uh, addressing Muslims from an evangelical Christian perspective. I'll put those in the in the uh, in the uh, link uh, for this episode of the podcast. Yeah. OK, that'd be great. Yeah, okay. wonderful. And um, okay, so you're uh, you went to SES originally signed on in 2003. Did you say? I did. If I could go back to that last question, I mean the books yeah, escaped yeah, yeah. me, but uh, there's a couple of authors, and uh, and again, I'll I'll provide you this, but uh, uh, um, H.R. Gibb, uh, and these are not evangelical. Many of them, okay. many of them are frankly, you know, they're Episcopal. Or okay. they're 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 even secular, but they uh, are from the, you know, the great schools who were studying Islam. I think long before you know the high criticism period that we're that we're experiencing right now. But I oh, think okay. you know, Doctor um, um, Janicek um, is really leading. I mean, I think he's he's just fantastic. Uh, yeah. But um, but yeah, Gibb and Watts. Uh, and, um, you know, and Smith uh, and Cantel, and, uh, Cantel Smith, actually. Uh, and uh, but yeah, I'll, okay. but I'll provide some others. So what All was right. your question? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. That's good. So uh, you're at SES. You've been working on a degree there for a while. Where, where are you? What's your status on that? So uh, so I'm in my last class and it's with you uh, this semester. It's uh, New Testament uh, part two. Uh, that's my last class for the MAR. Okay. So um, I was originally in the uh, apologetics uh, curriculum uh, and I, I dropped, I didn't drop out, but I changed to the MAR um, so that I could, because it was, I, I think for my, for the time that I had available, given that I was captain of a ship by this point, when I re-engaged with SES, because I took a good 10 years off after, I, I think I was taking classes 2003, four and five, uh, but I was only taking a class a semester because I was on a ship during that time. Okay. And that was about all I could do per semester. 
So then I took some time off because it, it just got too busy. I might have taken two classes a semester at one point, but it got so busy on the ship that uh, I had to stop taking classes. And and eventually, by the time I got back into classes, a good 10 years well, in 2017, so 12 years later, um, again, I was at a I went back to this. I went back to another ship in 2018. So from 2018 to 20, I was taking one to two classes a semester and the i i felt i don't want to say the easiest route but the most the route that made the most sense for me and the time that i had available yeah uh, was sure. to latch on to the mar the masters in religion knock that out so i'll i'll complete that uh, by the end of this semester okay and i really would like to um i've been taking a lot of philosophy classes that uh, don't have anything at all to do with the mar i might have taken Good. an elective or two but i've signed up for classes outside of that degree program. And uh, I've been taking, I've taken now three or four different philosophy classes. I'm in two right now, as a matter of fact, the problem of evil, uh, the problem of evil and, oh, geez, what other class am I in? But uh, but um, I'm finding it really interesting. And if, and if I can, if I can keep that GPA up there and, and uh, meet the prerequisites, I'd like to, enter the doctorate of philosophy philosophy of religion uh program in 23 sweet well i hope you do man reach reach for the stars well, you know sky's the limit yeah um i, I know I, what I it like was it. i i wanted to say i problem of uh, the problem of evil is one that i'm finishing up right now but it was symbolic logic and i've got to tell you that threw me for a loop i had no idea what symbolic logic was yeah wow did i learn a lot and very interesting very interesting yeah Good, good. Um, and, uh, you know, those are the kinds of things our, our seminary, Southern Evangelical Seminary, so uniquely offers. Uh, and, Bob, on a personal note, as far as your, you are not unlike, I dare say, most of our students. It's, it's people, most of our students are people. Now, we have younger students coming in now as the culture begins to, people begin to see the need for apologetics at a younger age. Um, but a lot of students traditionally here have been those who are out in a career or just freshly retired from military, medical doctor, uh, whatever else, attorneys. I mean, we, we have students from all across the career spectrum that have realized out there, you know, maybe they're getting at a peak or past a peak in their ministry or God's just getting a hold of them letting them know that, hey, you're good at what you do already, but what are you doing for me? Get yourself just as equipped to serve the church and serve the gospel as you did getting yourself equipped to serve, you know, whatever your secular career. And so a lot of men and women are doing exactly what you're doing. And a lot of them specifically are coming back after years that they had to take off to deal with, you know, health or kids or grandkids or spouse finishing their uh, degree and, and they're back to uh, ramp up their studies once again. And man, that that's good that you have that drive uh, from the Lord to 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 continue that. Um, I, I always tell people a call to ministry, whatever the ministry is, it, it does not matter what a call to ministry is a call to prepare. Right. You got to get yourself prepared. Just like you would for going into a combat right. or whatever the war zone, got to be prepared. So, Bob, what? Yeah, what are your, I, I go ahead. Agree more, and I, yeah, 
No, go ahead. I was just going to ask so a um, uh, couple more questions here, and I'll uh, leave you be. Um, what are your current plans? Well, you said probably the PhD beginning next year. Um, what are your plans family-wise, social-wise, ministry-wise, you know, as you're working on the doctorate and beyond? what are, Do you have plans? I know a guy like you has plans. Well, <laughs> well uh, you know, I, uh, I retired from the Navy only a month ago. Okay. And uh, I didn't have to retire. I mean, I'm a Navy captain and I could have, uh, I could have continued on. I was offered um, some positions that I thought were really interesting uh, in Europe, uh, as well as here at the Pentagon. Uh, and I, uh, but I, I sensed that after 35 years, uh, it was time, you know, for me to serve the Lord full time. So I decided uh, I was going to go ahead and retire and go into full time Christian service, you know, Christian ministry. Okay. I mean, I think we're all full time anyway, but I wanted yeah. to work specifically work uh, in in the ministry. Um, and that didn't happen to my surprise. So um, I spent th- I spent the last three months um, praying and speaking with uh, matter of fact, I met with executives from a number of different organizations from the Salvation Army to Samaritan's Purse to you know, from executives to recruiters, you know, World Vision, Compassion International. And what I found was, um, first of all, I love the work they do for the Lord. I mean, those are organizations that, uh, you know, that are really committed to not just humanitarian disaster relief and helping others, uh, but they're they're really centered on the gospel. And and that was yeah. important to me. But what I found was that as qualified as, qualified as I am to do an awful lot, I'm not necessarily qualified to do a whole lot with those organizations um, right now. So I've enrolled in some humanitarian disaster relief courses. Uh, I've signed up uh, to be a volunteer with a couple of organizations. So when bad things uh, happen, when people are suffering, I can get on a plane with a team of other people and, and go help, uh, whether yeah. it's passing out water or putting on a safety, you know, harness and, you know, fishing someone out of a, out of a stream from a flood, whatever it is I, I'd like to do. So, uh, so that's, um, in, in the meantime, I'm also, I'm also, I just got another job. So I'm, I wouldn't say starting a second career, but I'm <laughs> filling my time with, you know, working something, uh, working a, a secular job, uh, but okay. also focusing a lot of my time on uh, what I think, uh, you know, what I would say specifically is, you know, if whether it's a calling from the Lord or not. But I also work with um, uh, organizations that are involved with um, helping migrants uh, who are here in the United States. Uh, uh, that hasn't quite gotten off the ground for me yet, but I'm talking with a number of folks, there's, uh, I think my region of Virginia is the highest concentration of Muslim immigrants uh, in America. So I wow. see opportunities okay. there for me to share the gospel as I work with these different organizations. And that hasn't started yet. I'm, I'm talking with folks so that I can volunteer. I just haven't had an opportunity to, to do a whole lot. Uh, and then, you know, my church, uh, I go to I attend Burke Community Church. Uh, Pastor Marty Baker is uh, oh, okay. an SES grad. He's a yeah. Dallas grad. I'm familiar the with this Eastern, name. 
you know, the eastern branch, I guess the Washington, D.C. branch of uh, the Washington, D.C. location for Dallas Theological Seminary is located at Burke Community Church. Okay. Uh, and uh, so um, although I don't plan on attending Dallas, I'm going to stay at SES. Um, I'm surrounded by an awful lot of good people. Burke is a terrific church with a great missions uh, committee and programs and uh, outreach programs. And so uh, right. that's going to consume my time as I as I kind of get some clarity on uh, what these next couple of years are going to look like. Uh, I think that what I've just described is what the next is what I will do uh, while I'm working on my doctorate. Uh, and then once I finish my doctorate, I'll, I'll maybe move on to something else if that's what I sense the Lord directing me to do. Uh, and of course, that's how I see the plan. Yeah, the Lord could change it tomorrow. Yeah, and, and I'm, that's true. And I'm open to that. True. Yeah, wonderful. Man, this has been great. Um, uh, one final question um, that I like to ask most folks is, what do you see personally? I know you're just coming out of the military world, but still you have a pulse on people around you church your uh, folks in your town or wherever you trade at what do you see as maybe the couple of the biggest problems plaguing christianity in america today you know i I just uh i mean it to me there's i'll say in my head it's twofold i mean i'm sure folks could you know, list a dozen things. Oh yeah. But two things that come to me as I as I move away from the service, uh, as I move away from the the Pentagon and the and the Navy. Um, I mean, there's a great need. There's a, a lot of great young people joining the joining the military. Uh, they're hardworking. Um, but you know, like any other generation of sailor, airman, marine, coast guardsman, uh, soldier, uh, so many of them are without Christ. Uh, and and I, I don't want to say that I think chaplains are under attack. I think they're always under attack, whether it's um, supernatural or whether it's just uh, secular forces. But I think our chaplains really need our prayers. And uh, so okay. I think churches do a great job of supporting chaplains. Uh, I, I think the military, you know, I think at large, um, you know, I think um, uh, there's a sense that you know, we certainly need more chaplains, uh, and and I don't, I personally don't believe that they're as support, as well supported as they need to be within the Department of Defense. Uh, there's plenty of folks who just assume not have have chaplains, and so right. so I think praying for our chaplains. I think uh, the you know the the you know service members need chaplains. They need someone they can turn to. Yes, uh, secular philosophy is uh, you know secular humanism and uh, other. Uh, other philosophies uh, have really invaded uh, our military. It's believe me for anyone who served, you know, 40, 30 or 20 years ago, it is simply not the same military you left. Wow. Uh, it is as secular now and as, um, and as worldly uh, as, I mean, it used to, and I'll, I'll end with this. I mean, it used to be that I, I think that when I joined 35 years ago, I mean, I went in the door uh, as a civilian, completely unfamiliar with the military. And when I came out of, let's just say, boot camp, I was a changed person. There was a difference between between the guy that entered and the guy that came out. And then and and, and it's a little bit less so these days. I mean, there's certainly um, you know, there's certainly a change that occurs. But the, the secular 
I don't know, I'm trying to tie this together. The secular momentum that exists in the Department of Defense today is just unbelievable. Uh, and I think our chaplains need a lot of support because they are that, they're really that, uh, you know, that fortress for us. And okay. they're, the, they're, they're in there. So, yeah. um, but um, the other thing I think you know, for Christians, I mean, I think is that uh, there's a real lack of a, you know, I don't, there's, we need a greater sense of urgency that Christ Christ could return. I, I, I think the church spends way too much time. Um, I don't want to say trying to like seeker churches or the charismatic churches that are trying to put on a show to help bring people in and fill seats. I, I just think that uh, we just need to spend more time thinking about our eschatology, thinking about the return of the Lord and okay. uh, and have a real sense of urgency the way we live our lives and i'm talking to myself believe me yeah yeah uh, but, i understand um, we yeah, just need a real good. sense of urgency and how we live and and i i need to hear that message and uh, and i think i think the church does too and we need to throw off some of those things that encumber us okay uh, and and so easily beset us as you know the writer of Hebrews said yeah uh, and um and get to the business of, of you know being ready for christ's return I appreciate you quoting scripture there from Hebrews 12. This is the Bible Professor podcast, after all. Uh, Bob, thank you, sir. And that that was two tremendous challenges there to the church, to you Christians out there listening or viewing us, um, uh, a challenge to uh, pray for chaplains uh, in our ministry. Because, hey, if anybody's got a pulse on what's going on in the military with chaplaincy, it would be a guy like you just came out of the Navy 35 years uh, you have a pulse on that, so I, I'm going to take you at uh, face value that chaplains, it's a tremendous tremendous opportunity for them to minister to the military men and women and their families, so we need to pray for them. And then your challenge for the church to live uh, with an urgent attitude uh, in light of the soon return of Christ, right? The rapture of the church, Um to use Paul's term uh, there in First Thess four, the snatching away of believers, and um, uh, and 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 really, you know, there ought to be an urgency anyway to walk the worthy walk our Christian conduct Ephesians four, no matter your uh, uh, nuanced eschatology, uh, an urgency to live for Christ anyway. So. Yeah. Uh, thank you. That's two tremendous challenges. Uh, we've been listening today to um, what's your rank coming out, Captain? Captain. Captain Bob Bryans uh, from the U.S. Navy. And thank you again, sir, for your service to our country. And thank you for um, the uh, uh, challenge you've shared with us today. I appreciate it. You've been listening to The Bible Professor. Thank you. Be blessed. Bye bye.